Greetings, and welcome back to the Parables of Dantooine podcast. This is Episode 7, and I'm your host, Mark. It has been a bit of a whirlwind summer for me, which meant I was unable to carve out time to get in a couple shows. But fear not, I am back in the studio with another good episode of the Parables of Dantooine podcast. There's been a lot of news regarding Star Wars Episode 9 and the future of the standalone movies. We learned at San Diego Comic-Con that Star Wars The Clone Wars animated series is coming back in autumn of 2019 to tie up all those loose ends and give a good conclusion to that series. Star Wars Resistance, the new 2D animated series, is about to blast off this coming October on Disney XD. Thrawn Alliances and the solo novelizations hit the bookshelves also this past summer. There is so much news swirling around that I wanted to wait until I can get special guest co-host Ronan, who joined me for a review of Solo A Star Wars Story, to be back on the podcast so we can get into a really good breakdown of all these stories. And as we're recording this right now, we just learned that Kathleen Kennedy, head of Lucasfilm, had her contract extended for three years. And this is going to be a very interesting conversation to have with uh, my co-host. And we also got the first trailer of the new Darth Vader VR experience, which is coming out in 2019. Apparently, this VR experience is going to take you to Mustafar. We're going to also get to see uh, Darth Vader's castle, as we saw it in Rogue One, so that is really, really some good news to hear. Um, I will say, though, in brevity, that I think we are seeing a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel with news surrounding the current filming and cast announcements regarding Episode 9. I think Disney and Lucasfilm are taking a good hard look at their Star Wars movie-making methodology and making appropriate changes in their processes. I want to reiterate that I liked Rogue One, The Last Jedi, and Solo. Never did I find myself doubting my enjoyment of the Star Wars franchise, and if I ever were to feel extremely negative about Star Wars, I would be pulling the plug on my podcasts and dumping my gentle giant mini-busts and vast collection of books and art on eBay. But that is not the case for me. I think I'm enjoying the Star Wars saga now more than ever. But I can also acknowledge that my fellow Star Wars fans, who did not see the most recent movies in a good light, are very knowledgeable and passionate about Star Wars as much as I am. I think the messages and ideas that have been conveyed for The Last Jedi and the disappointing box office performance of Solo have been heard and acknowledged by Disney and Lucasfilm. I think there are changes ahead, and I'm hoping by the time Star Wars Celebration kicks off in April, that we will be collectively excited for Episode 9. And I think by that time, fans who did not see Solo in the theater will give it a chance on digital and Blu-ray. In fact, that is actually, has just come out in this last month, and I'm looking forward to picking up my Blu-ray soon. There's no question that 2018 has been a rocky year for Star Wars. But, like I said, I'll dive into this more with Ronan when I have him back on the podcast. So, I thought I would take a little time this episode to once again dive into my collection of Star Wars swag. Now, many of you saw about two weeks ago that I was posting pics from my Star Wars EU Author Week on the Facebook of the Parables of Dantooine podcast. After the movies... Star Wars literature is where I enjoy going when I need to curl up with a good book. And during this summer, I decided to go through some of my favorite volumes on my shelf and see which ones were missing an author signature, or even take stock of those volumes that have already been given their appropriate John Hancock. 
So, today on the podcast, I'm going to highlight a couple Star Wars EU author autograph successes I had over the summer, and perhaps give some tips here and there on going about starting or enhancing your Star Wars EU author collection. Now, whether it is autographs, books, or other collectibles, it is not a secret that such items do require you to dip into your wallet. But, like many of us, we are on a budget, and we try our best to make that budget stretch so we can have the enjoyment of adding to our collections. And of all the creators in the Star Wars sandbox, I have to say that the authors tend to be the most generous ones when it comes to autograph requests. And by generous, I mean are willing to accept autograph requests through the mail, or have been known to sign books at conventions or book signings. Now, a quick aside regarding what I feel is a great tool to have if you are collecting author autographs, and that tool is book plates. Let me tell you why I really have become a fan of using these for signatures. Now, traditionally, book plates were usually small square or rectangular stickers about 2 inches by 3 inches in measurement and, tuck on the in, and tucked in on the inside of a book cover with the book owner's name so that they could be easily identified if you let someone borrow it or just as a way to personalize a book that you held as special. Nowadays, the printed book is starting to be replaced by the digital formats that can be used on Amazon Kindles or other such devices. And while the digital ebooks save a lot in money and space, I still have a special affinity for a hard copy book on my shelf, and even more so for those books that I have, ha- that I have had a good fortune of having autographed by the author. Now, over the years, book plates became a nice and affordable way of obtaining an author's signature when I could not attend an actual book signing at a bookstore, a convention, or the author lived outside of my location. In fact, there have been different variations of Star Wars themed book plates. The earliest ones I remember came out in 1983 with the release of Return of the Jedi. I remember that there were four different themes, and perhaps there were more, but I don't recall seeing, seeing others. The book plates that I have seen have sketched images of Darth Vader, Yoda, the droids, and Ewoks. Each box contained 50 book plates, and I believe had a peel-off paper on the back which allowed for easy application to the inside of a book cover or title page. The actual book plate had a nice area in the middle of the book plate for a signature or your own name. Now, the book plate does say on it, quote, this book belongs to dot dot dot, end quote. So, it was envisioned as a way of personalizing your books, and some collectors may find this phrasing annoying if they are getting an author to sign it, but it's still a really nice set of book plates. And you can occasionally find them on eBay or other such places for between $5 and $20. As the special editions of the original trilogy came out, along with the start of the prequel movies, the Antioch Book Plate Company began producing some very nice Star Wars-themed book plates. A set of 15 book plates came with a photo of C-3PO and R2-D2, along with a blank space below with the text, May the Force Be With You. Now, these are also nice peel-off stickers that make it easy to place into a book, and it does feel a little more open to either your name or the author's signature. These are also available through places like eBay and such outlets. Another set of book plates that I have seen on the secondary market, which came out a bunch of years ago, had images of the artwork I believe done by artist Dave Dorman. 
the image was of our original trilogy heroes as they appeared in Return of the Jedi. Now, I have always been a huge fan of Dave Dorman's artwork, and I've been on the hunt for these book plates. So, if you happen to have these book plates, or you know where I can find them, please send me a message on the Parables of Dantooine podcast uh, Facebook page. Now, if you are looking for more generic book plates, perhaps you have some other books outside the Star Wars genre that you want signed, there are some nice peel-off sticker book plates that are very generic and are sold through the library store via Amazon.com. You get 150 book plates in a package, and it costs about $25. I believe that's also included in the shipping is included in that. This is probably the best way to get some sticker-back book plates that have a lot of room to write on, and in the end are probably the best value. The ones that I have used recently cost about $5 for a package of 18 and are put out by the Calvellini and Company. I found them on Amazon and I liked the general map of the world image on it. There is a nice space at the bottom of the book plate for a signature, but I have been noticing that authors will use up more of the plate even if it goes over the image. At first I thought it wouldn't look right, but truthfully, it doesn't take anything away from the image on the actual book plate, and it still looks nice in the book. Another route you can go if you are on a strict budget is to get standard printing labels. I actually have used these in some of my books, and they look really nice, even even if they are primarily made for printing address labels. There are a variety of sizes, and you can choose one that best fits the book you are looking to obtain a signature for. This makes it especially good for those of you collecting paperback novels. Recently, I decided that in order to save money in my wallet and space on my shelves, that I would only get paperbacks, except for those stories that are really special to me and deserve a hardcover treatment. So, when you're dealing with a paperback, you do have limited space for a signature, and you can check to see which printing label fits best in your book. But the same holds true for those of you who are exclusively hardback book collectors. Now, not every title page is spaced with the, is spaced with the same the space the same way. In addition, you might want to consider placing the book plate on the inside cover. Sometimes the end pages are colored differently as well, or even have some nice art on it, which might be additional factors as you decide where you want to place your book plate. Maybe you want a colored label as opposed to a plain white label. And perhaps you like to vary the sizes of the labels in your book. And while blue and black are the usual ink color for signatures, perhaps you want the author to use a different ink color that speaks to the book as well. Now, I know that I have seen Sith-themed autographs in red to mirror the lightsaber color of a Sith Lord. In fact, I think I even saw one time a copy of one of the three-volume Darth Bane books signed in red by author Drew Carpetian. And sometimes the use of a silver or gold pen gives it a nice look that pops off the page. The bottom line is that book plates do offer you an affordable option for collecting author signatures, especially if you are attempting to collect them through the mail. Now, speaking of the mail, and how I went about it this summer, I was able to successfully mail a letter of request, a book plate, uh, maybe even a couple of book plates. I think the, the most I put in at one time was uh, maybe two or three as well as a self-addressed stamped envelope, all in the same envelope, and it only needed one postage stamp to send it all. Now, keep in mind, I am mailing from the continental United States, and the addresses I sent to were also within the U.S. If you are mailing outside of the U.S., I suspect it would cost a little more. 
I just wanted to mention this because the cost can meet most budgets if you are sending book plates to be signed. Okay, that's my spiel on book plates and mailing book plates. Let's take a look at some of my author successes. Let's start off with author Alan Dean Foster. Alan is the ghostwriter for the original Star Wars novelization, otherwise known as Episode 4, New Hope, and also penned what is possibly the very first Star Wars expanding universe novel, Splinter of the Mind's Eye. He also wrote the prequel era novel, The Approaching Storm, and the novelization for The Force Awakens. In addition to his tales from the Star Wars saga, he is also a very well-accomplished science fiction writer as well. I have such a special affinity for Splinter of the Mind's Eye. In fact, I usually give it a read sometime between Thanksgiving and New Year's each year. I live in Massachusetts, and during those weeks the sun goes down early and the cool winds begin to blow. Perfect time to pour yourself a nice hot cup of apple cider and find a cozy place on the couch for some Star Wars reading. Splinter is special to me because it really was written without any concern of how the story plays into a timeline. It gave Foster a lot of liberty in what he wrote. And the story is also from time from a time when the novel could be just 150 or 200 pages long, and it didn't cost you more than a couple dollars to own. I actually have four copies of Splinter of the Mind's Eye. I have the Science Fiction Book Club hardcover edition, a well-used and loved paperback version, the collected comic adaptation in the hardcover volume called Luke Skywalker, Last Hope for the Galaxy, and the newest paperback edition that has the Legends header, header on the cover. Alan was kind enough to personalize the book plates I sent him for my Splinter hardcover edition, new paperback, and for my copy of The Force Awakens. You can contact Alan at alandeanfoster.com. His email is on his website along with the address where you can send items to be signed. He is very responsive to emails, and the turnaround for my book plates was pretty quick. Definitely a great autograph success. Now, author John Jackson Miller penned the novel Kenobi a couple years ago, and it still ranks as one of my favorite EU tales. The story takes place just shortly after the events of Revenge of the Sith and gives us a look at Obi-Wan's transition from being a Jedi Knight to a desert hermit named Ben Kenobi. My favorite parts of the story are actually the short vignettes which show Obi-Wan desperately trying to connect with the spirit of Qui-Gon Jinn for training and becoming one with the Force. J.J. Miller also has played around the, the Old Republic era with his 50-issue comic book series, Knights of the Old Republic, back in the 2000s. I have the paperback version of Kenobi and wanted to get it signed for some time. I contacted him through his Facebook page, and he was very generous and gracious about sending me a mailing address and returning my book plate very promptly. I really do hope I get a chance to chat with him someday so I can go back and ask him some of my burning questions regarding Kenobi and the Knights of the Old Republic comic book series. He is a wonderful science fiction writer who has also written for other franchises including Star Trek. One fun aside, uh, I'll tell you, when Kenobi first came out, he was giving out at book signings Kenobi keychains that have included a that included a sound chip that played a great dragon howl. Uh, I had actually contacted him knowing that he was giving these out at book signings and asked if he could send me one. So he, he was very happy to send me one, and I still have it. 
and uh, I can get my kids to laugh every time when I press the button on the keychain in the hallway. It's sort of funny walking around my house and hearing a crate dragon howl. <laughs> Be sure to take a look at the picture of his signature in my copy of Kenobi that I posted on the Parables of Dantooine podcast Facebook page. It is a very elegant signature, which I truly appreciate. One of my pet peeves when it comes to signatures is when you get an autograph that looks like your doctor's signature on a prescription. I, and I really should not judge anyone's signature, as, mine's can be, as mine can be pretty sloppy as well when I'm not paying attention. But my point is how much I appreciate it when a signature is done with a lot of class and is legible. Bravo, John Jackson Miller, for a very nice signature on the book plate that you returned to me. I really do appreciate it. Now, of all the extended Star Wars EU novel series, I have to say my favorite is the Legacy of the Force series that came out in the mid to late 2000s. This nine-book series came out after the events in the 20-plus book New Jedi Order series and before the nine-book Fate of the Jedi series. The story chronicles the fall of Jedi Jason Solo, who took on the Sith moniker of Darth Cadus. The series came out shortly after the movie Revenge of the Sith, and I think the authors of the series were attempting to show how Anakin's fall from grace was somehow mirrored and taken to another level by Jason. The series, however, in my opinion, was fertile ground for the creation of Kylo Ren in Episode 7 and Episode 8. Many aspects of Jason are reflected in Kylo's or Ben's character. The struggle Jason faces in this series, in some, way, in some ways, is more complex and fleshed out than what we have seen in Kylo up to this point in the movies. The stakes were high in this series, and the authors were not shy about having Mara Jade become one with the Force in the fifth, book's, fifth book of the series called Sacrifice. The development of Darth Cadus affects all of our heroes, including famed EU characters such as Ben Skywalker and Jason's twin sister, Jaina Solo. The three-author team of Aaron Alston, Karen Travis, and Troy Denning worked well for this series. The unfortunate and premature death of author Aaron Alston a couple years ago was indeed a very sad moment in the world of Star Wars literature. I never had the chance of contacting him or seeing him at a convention. I did manage to contact Karen Travis and Troy Denning through their websites and Facebook pages. Karen is very receptive to emails and was even kind enough to send me her personal signed book plates for all three of her contributions to the Legacy of the Four series. Karen's contact information is at karentravis.com. Troy Denning was also very kind when I contacted him through his Facebook page and also had a pretty quick turnaround in getting my book plates back to me. Let's now talk about some old-school Star Wars. Nothing gets more, more old-school or is more glorious than when we talk about The Empire Strikes Back. What I really love about the novelization and the early comic adaptations was the additional details and or art that in some ways did not always jive with the movie. We have to remember that the book and comics were being put together at the same time the movie was, so it's not such a strange situation, for example, when you open some comic adaptations of the movie and see a purple Yoda instead of a green Yoda. Regardless, it is The Empire Strikes Back, and it's tough not to like anything about it. I have two versions of the novelization of The Empire Strikes Back. One is contained in the Barnes & Noble Original Trilogy Collection. 
This beautiful volume has all three OT stories and has a great hardcover image of Darth Vader on the front. There are actually two other versions of the Barnes & Noble editions, another one with R2-D2 on the cover and another with C-3PO on the cover. The early Ralph McQuarrie image of C-3PO on Tatooine as he's walking away from, his, uh, from the escape pod appears on the end pages. I also have the softcover illustrated edition of the novel with the special editions of those early Ralph McQuarrie sketches that appear throughout the pages. This is another novelization that I like to go through on cold winter nights. Author Donald F. Gluff, Glutt, who is, all, who's, who is also a motion picture film director and screenwriter, is best known for penning the novelization of episode 5. And you can contact him at his website, donaldfglutt.com. From there, I emailed him, and he was very gra also very gracious and happy to sign my book plates. I highly recommend finding a copy of the illustrated novelization of The Empire Strikes Back and having it signed by Donald. In addition to the text of the novel and the great Macquarie sketches inside the pages, the cover to the book has one of my favorite Empire Macquarie images of Luke Skywalker on the snowy plains of Hoth atop his tauntaun. In fact, on a, on a quick aside, I am still searching for one of those nice Ralph Macquarie prints of Luke on his tauntaun that was signed by Macquarie and has the two small uh, film cells at the bottom of the corner. So if you also know where I can pick one up as well, too, at an affordable price, Send me a message on my uh, Parables of Dantooine Facebook page, and I'd love to hear it. Donald returned my book plates, by the way, personalized them, and the turnaround for this was also very quick. So if you're interested, I would highly recommend going to his website and asking him if you can send a book plate as well. Another favorite of mine, and an author that I had the great privilege of interviewing a bunch of years ago, is Ryder Wyndham. Of all his 60-plus works of Star Wars literature, I have to say his biography of Obi-Wan Kenobi and the Complete Vader volume rank as my favorites from this author. The Kenobi novel starts with a wonderful short story of Luke at Ben's old home on Tatooine, constructing his new lightsaber just before heading off to Jabba's palace to rescue Han Solo. It serves as a backdrop for the biography, and it comes full circle by the end. Now, the Complete Vader that writer Wyndham authored with, with fellow author Pete Vilmer is not just a download of information on the Dark Lord of the Sith, but an enjoyable reading experience that includes pullouts, cards, stickers, and other goodies. In fact, one of my favorite parts of this book is you have an actual reproduction of the page that George Lucas wrote uh, in The Empire Strikes Back where he writes the famous line... Luke, I am your father. So that's fun to look at. Ryder and Pete were also very generous about sending me pr sending me printer labels with their own special flair added to it. And if you want to take a look at what their autographs look like and the flair that they added to it, check out the pictures that I have on the Parables of Dantooine Facebook page to see what I mean. Now, as a special bonus to this author-driven podcast, I wanted to let you all know that I want to do a similar podcast episode on some of my favorite Star Wars works of art that I've had signed by the artist as well. So, to close out this episode, I want to share the signature I got from Star Wars and fantasy artist Teresa Nielsen. Teresa is very well known amongst magic card players for the amazingly fantastical images of various creatures and characters. 
She also has done many classic images of some of our favorite Star Wars characters. You can see some of these images on previously released Topps Star Wars Galaxy series cards. Now, the great thing about these cards is how great these images look and are pretty easy to send through the mail for autographs. I found the image of Leia as the bounty hunter Bush on one of these cards in my card album and I sent it to Teresa to sign. The image is really amazing, and Teresa had such a beautiful signature that it's a work of art in, its, in, in and of itself. You can find her contact information at her website, which is tnailson.com. One of the images that I'm hoping to add to my collection is one she did of Leia in Jedi robes with her lightsaber ablaze. This is sort of the way I had always hoped we'd see Leia on the silver screen. But um, it's nice to know that even though that's not going to happen, that we have Teresa's image so we can still imagine what it would have been like to see Leia there as a full Jedi with a lightsaber. Now, a good rule of thumb when it comes to signature requests for authors and artists, don't overwhelm them with too many cards or book plates. Use some common sense when you send off your cards and book plates, and don't get greedy. Make the experience special with one, two, or maybe three of your favorite cards or book plates so that the author and or artist can help you out with a signature but does not feel like they're being taken advantage of. In this day and age where so many personalities in sports and pop culture have begun charging very high fees for autographs, it's always good to take a moment when sending off a request to those creative women and men in the Star Wars community who helped expand our imaginations with their written words and iconic images to make sure that we are treating them fairly when we put that request in the mail. And that's all for now on this special author's autograph episode of the Parables of Dantooine podcast. Be sure to check out the Facebook page and you can go to it at facebook.com backslash Parables of Dantooine to see all the autographs, signatures, and books that I mentioned on today's episode. Be sure to listen to the podcast on iTunes and leave a review of the show. Or you can listen to the podcast at parablespodcast.blogspot.com. And feel free to send me a Facebook message if you have any questions or comments about starting your own collection of Star Wars EU author signatures, or if you have one going on right now, let us know about it. Let me know about your successes and challenges in this particular area of autograph collecting. And send me photos of your favorite author signatures as well. Keep the podcast channels open, and I look forward to taking you on another journey on the Parables of Dantooine podcast. Have a good night, all.